crises, no interruptions. <laughs> Great. Excellent. Um, so... I think. Where's this going? I think that we should. Mm -hmm. Hello. <gasps> Oops. Sorry. Don't worry, I wasn't listening in a world of my own down. <laughs> I thought you were going out. Just reconnecting all the electrics. It's a real mess. Where's the on switch for this? He really is just on his way out. No, I don't mind. I mean if you don't mind. I don't mind. Why do I mind? Stay now. Do you want to stay? I don't mind. Okay. Great. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. We're talking about Doctor Who. We're talking about an episode. It's a Matt Smith episode called The Lodger. I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. Yeah. And so this episode um, <laughs> is about... Oh, wait. About what? It's about... <laughs> The doctor gets stranded. The doctor gets stranded. The doc the TARDIS shoves him out and leaves and leaves him behind. And he finds a notice in a shop that somebody's looking for a lodger. So he shows up with a bag of cash and basically insists that he's gonna be this guy's new flatmate. So something... how much did you, yeah. So how much did you not like this one, Ken? Um, I, I, I like this one a lot. Um, I, well, let me say this. And again, I don't want to keep um, beating a dead horse. When you're used to bad writing for a whole season, this one is a lot better. I hate to say it, but it seems like every freaking episode of Doctor Who I watch is like, wow, these are really good characters. I don't like Amy Pond that much, but her character, I, 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 I like, she's not in it that much, but I like her better I don't know, is she a better actress or just better writing on her character? She's more entertaining. I think she's more fake, not as a real person as some of the other ones in the, in the latest series, but she's more entertaining. I, ha I have to say, I, can't, I hate admitting to this, but I think when a character, even though they're, they're so blatantly unrealistic, maybe they're more entertaining than real. Well... I, I think know. it depends on the... I mean, yeah, she wasn't in this one as much. And, and she wasn't doing that, I don't know, whole Amy Pond thing Yeah. that she does, where she's just sort of full of herself. And I Yeah, I saw, I saw a little bit of it, but, but not much. Uh, yeah. But on the other hand, and um, Julia, you had mentioned this on our, uh, our previous recording that got uh, stopped, um, that... The, the two characters, the two, um, the so Sophie and uh, Craig. Craig, yep. yeah. Um, re pretty realistic relationship, well developed. They're real people. They, they, you know, I thought they they did a good job. Um, Gareth Roberts is the writer. I think he did a really good job with them. Yeah, yes. well, the awkwardness of these two people who who really have feelings for each other but are too insecure not confident enough to, to tell the other one how they feel and so they're just left it at a friendship and but it was well developed I thought it was well yeah it was realistic like you could yeah. see people being like that you know all right and like I said 
before you had your power outage dropout disappearing act, I said <laughs> to her that Julia was kind of like a John Cusack movie, 80 movie with a awkward boy, likes the girl, doesn't yeah. know how to say it, and then at the end eventually gets the girl. And, yeah, rom-com kind of. Yeah. And they weren't, especially Craig, he wasn't your stereotypical Hollywood actor. I mean, he wasn't, he was a little out of shape. Um, he was a lot out of shape. Well, okay. A little out of shape. That's been well, nice. I, I think he's gotten worse, but <laughs> this is, but I mean, you know, and that adds realism to it because it looked like they, he could really be a person. He, he could really be in that, a flat like that. Um, you know, there was, there was a level of realism to this. And one of the things that I remember kind of thinking about was, I don't want to watch an episode where the doctor has a day in a life of doing nothing. But in reality, that part was more interesting than the actual whatever was above on the second floor. That was sort of like a, a oh, we have to put a sci-fi element into it. But otherwise, this is about the doctor sort of pushing two people into a situation where they can suddenly, re you know, they, they become better people because they'll be able to realize, um, recognize what's right in front of them and everything. So it was kind of a neat little love story that I thought was well done overall. A little corny. Yeah. And, I, and I thought the woman who played Sophie was, you know, realistic looking. She wasn't like beautiful, leggy blonde. Mm -hmm. Just that would be person. That would be Amy. Amy, yeah. yeah. Daisy Haggard played Sophie. Yeah. So, um, although the, the, the uh, second floor thing, the, the, the creepy, uh, you know, help me, I need some help up here. It's pretty creepy. You don't get to see their face. You, you almost yeah, but, do, but not quite. So but yeah. the painting in yeah. the hallway was creepier. Oh, the clown painting, yeah. I don't know <laughs> what that was. It just, I thought that was going to be like, like crack was going to appear in it or that, that clown was going to show up in another episode or something. But, um, And then they had the little... Uh, um, advertisement on the uh, refrigerator for Vincent Van Gogh exhibit. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a neat little thing. Continuity. Um, I like Matt Smith as a doctor. I don't think he has the best episodes, um, and it was good to see him. I, I, this is a really good episode for him. He's very eccentric, and he just bounces around the apartment and, you know, uses a toothbrush for a sonic screwdriver at one point and has a bag of money and it's kind of, you know, I, I kind of like that. Well, that was one of the good things about this was he didn't depend on his sonic screwdriver. He actually made that gizmo in the bedroom to figure out all the, what was going on, all the signals and stuff. Yeah. He, yeah. Wasn't relying on. I just read here that Gareth the original idea for the creature that was upstairs was supposed to be Megloss. <laughs> oh my god. Supposed to be what? Megloss. Megloss. Gareth Roberts said, you know, how about we bring back Megloss? And Stephen Moffat said, uh, how about no? <laughs> Megloss is, ca is a cactus, right? Yes. Yeah, it's just a cactus alien. It's kind of dumb. Maybe we'll yeah. pick that in one of the next episodes to watch. Um, anyways, Megloss. Megloss? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense That would have made all. the episode worse. I'm glad it was something something new 
it really it was a B plot. They really didn't delve into it too much. It was, you know, it reminded me. I hate to. It reminded me a little bit of Russell T. Davis's era because sometimes Russell T. Davis really his weak spot was the sci-fi story element, and he was better at characters. And for the most part, and we now we have sort of the opposite. We have, well, uh, with Moffat, he concentrates more on. Mostly, he concentrates more on story, and the characters suffer. Not in this case, I don't think. And then, and then now we have someone who suffers with <laughs> characters and story. <laughs> yeah, hey, it, it, it took what, eleven and twelve years for it to all come together, yeah. <laughs> but all in a negative over. way. Um, I was just reading here too that the control, the spaceship control room, reappears in the Impossible Astronaut and Day of the Moon. Or was connected to the Order of the Silence. Okay. So now you're going to get people who see that. Oh, oh, that was actually the Silence and not whatever. Uh, you're, gonna, you're always going to get those people that come up with those theories and are like, okay, whatever. It was just saving money. <laughs> so um, the the headbutt was stupid. Uh, when the yeah, doctor, so I'll give you that. The that was a was plot stupid. device to get a Craig. Uh, like all of a sudden he now knows everything about the doctor and it's what? It's stupid. He's never done that before. He never did it since and it's just Well no, that's not true. Okay. In the in the girl in the fireplace she he didn't oh, head, sh but she touched his head and then she saw everything. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, remember she goes, Oh, one door you can go through, then you can go through the door the other way. I remember when they were yeah. doing that Vulcan mind melt thing? Okay. And she, yeah, she was like, oh, such a, my lonely astronaut or whatever she called, not astronaut, but traveler. Well, it wasn't a headbutt then, but. <laughs> it was not a headbutt, no. That would have been, that would have been funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I have to throw this in, the Jerry Anderson reference. He mentions uh, Captain Troy. Oh, you did some, Yeah, I knew you would. Yeah, yeah I knew you would. Which is uh, you know, Troy Tempest from Stingray and International Rescue, but, you know, just a little inside joke um, you mentioned the writer that Gareth Roberts um, this is based on a comic strip that he did for Doctor Magazine I think in 2006 and I don't remember I don't remember the comic strip but it's loosely based on this called hmm. The Lodger yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to have to look that up because yeah. I probably have it yeah it's yeah and, and it's just um, you know some of the elements it's probably uh, rewritten completely but it has a couple of ideas from it it was probably an Eccleston comic strip. Um, yeah, because they didn't start the tenant ones. And, well, it could be either a tenant or Eccleston. Um, so, yeah, I think this is really well written. You guys still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I heard a beeping, so... Maybe um, it's on your side. Your house is going to blow up. Well, maybe... It's the alien on the second floor. <laughs> the soccer match I thought was really good. Um, you know, it yeah. just you know, I, I like that whole dynamic because it shows you know how Craig can't get anywhere with the doctor around, and he gets all mad and everything. And then, of course, the doctor is basically doing everything that he does better. You know, he goes to his job and does a better job and everything, and and. 
Yeah, I thought it was funny that the sidelines were all chanting doctor and Craig's just standing there going like, what the hell? And I'm like, dude, realistically, you should be playing defense. Because <laughs> you're not fast at all. Why would you be on the front line? Well, anyways. Um, it was probably mad because, you know, the guy that the doctor was taking over for was like the main scorer and Craig probably thought, hey, I'm going to get a chance to score some goals and then doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Again, good yeah. writing. I, I think um, you know the whole thing is kind of ba is based on a paranoia level of Craig is. I can relate to Craig. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I think you know he has a situation where he's like, you know, maybe he likes this girl, but he doesn't want to say anything because he doesn't want to ruin the friendship, and she's in the same boat, but he doesn't know that, and. And then, you know, this flatmate comes in and then takes over his life and does everything better and he's paranoid and he kicks tries to kick him out and Yeah, but the doctor like picks up on all the little innuendos. You've got two sets of keys for this one house. Yeah. And stuff like that. And like and he's like looking back and forth like going, Uh, eh, eh? Well, what are you guys waiting for? You know? Mm -hmm. So Yeah. And the clues that you know, you mentioned before the um that big spot in the ceiling and everything and kind of creepy um, spot. Um, the, I, I like the scene where Amy says, what, you guys are going upstairs. There is no upstairs, you know? And so it's kind of like uh, a little bit chills through when you hear that. Cause you're like, what's up there? You know? So. Right. And I liked, I liked that he, he was communicating with the cat and the cat. Oh, was yeah. I thought that was amusing. Yeah. Craig goes, you talk to cats. He's like, is that unusual? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I talk to my cats. Yeah. Do they talk who's back to you? Uh, no. Okay. Um, but whose cat was it? <laughs> it was a stray cat, I think, because there was a um, a cat door in the it was door. A cat door, yeah. Yeah. But it was a very, it was a very attractive, well-fed stray cat. Yeah. Probably a neighbor's or something. Yeah. Maybe they'll they'll revisit that and the clown painting at some point because there's a couple of unanswered questions about this episode, like who bought the clown painting in the first place, or who painted it in the first place. I guess that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Missy. I don't yeah. think so. But. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's a whole uh, on the forums. There's probably a whole message about it like whoa what could it possibly mean well it looks a little bit like the clown from that episode blah, 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 blah. it's like okay anyway i don't read the forums yeah you know what ken you laugh yeah. but there probably is no I'm, uh, I'm being half serious i think people read into these things i don't go to the forums anymore either because they drive they drive me crazy and I'm never on the same page with them. I, I go, wow, that episode sucked. And everyone's like, the best episode ever. Then I go, wow, that episode was really great. And I go, ah, it's the episode's worse. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm on the wrong wavelength. Yeah, I don't <laughs> a lot of the, Doctor the Who. forums anymore. The Doctor Who forums, the Star Trek yeah. forums, the Star Wars forums are all like so negativity and whatever. Did you know that the color of the refrigerator reminded me of the color of the of this that was in this episode? And maybe it's the same thing. Maybe it's a, something in disguise. It's another TARDIS and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, we got it. Um, what about, you know, this also leads into the, the season ending two-parter where she gets the ring out of the doctor's pocket and she starts to yeah. think, hey, 
There's someone missing. Yep. Yeah. That was, that was that was a good lead in, I thought. And then the crack in the wall behind the waste bin. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. The crack in the wall. Yeah. I think it, you know overall I, I go ahead. That wasn't that in the last one too. There was a crack in the wall in the last Matt Smith episode. Yeah, I think there was almost every episode um, we see a crack. The last one before this was Vincent and the Doctor, and it, the crack was the tree, wasn't it? I don't remember. But there's been a crack in almost every episode. Well, obviously the crack in the uh, Silurian episode. I have a theory that that crack is actually the crack in Moffat's head. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or maybe it was the earliest... Um, notification that Chris Chibnall might be taking over at some point, and that was the first crack in Doctor Who fandom. Yes, I like that one better. Yeah, <laughs> Chibnall came from the crack and just deleted all past history. If I take over, I'm going to make it so there's a hundred Doctors. <laughs> Big crack appears. Speaking of that, did you see that article? That, that was well, and, uh, what? Andrew Cardinal didn't like the Whatever child, timeless child, he says, well, it just takes all the mystery away because now you kind of have an idea. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. Well, we can argue about that. We already did, but we can argue a little bit about it. I mean, yeah, he's right to a degree, but not completely. Um, anyway, this was a far better episode than Timeless Child, so. <laughs> yeah, we, every, every, it's better than Orphan 52 or whatever that one is. Oh. Um, That's yeah, going to be the now, you know, standard point. Is this yeah. episode better than Orphan Fifty Five? Yeah, <laughs> we can assume yes on everything. Well, um, one of the other things, and again, I, again, I, I know we're we're ripping into uh, the current season that had just gone by, but the next time scenes, which were in the episode that I that I watched, um, they showed. How much? A minute worth of scenes? It was a long. It was a lot of stuff they showed. I didn't have that on the Blu-ray. Okay. Well, it's yeah. So it's not on the Blu-ray, but I had the from the original recording when it aired, and they showed next time, and, and they showed like the Pandora opens. They showed this. They mentioned the Cybermen. They mentioned the Daleks. All this stuff, and I'm like, I think sometimes that's better. Sometimes it gives away too much, but I think it's better because. Other than just, what, 20 seconds or 10 seconds of a little tease, and we're like, what's that about? You know, I don't care about that. Well, that's what I always thought that what Chibno did for his trailers for the next time actually worked because it didn't give away that much. Yeah. Because one of my biggest complaints for movies is that you get these trailers and... Yeah, I know. And majority of the movies in the trailer... Like, there was a movie. Oh, Enders came. They showed in the trailer the ending of the movie. I was like... But that's the ending of the movie because I read the book, so I knew what the ending of the movie was. And I was just like, but that's the ending of the movie in the trailer. Why would they do that? Well, I mean, some people wouldn't know because uh, they didn't read I the know, book, but even but still, they, I it, think it, they do yeah. give away too much in the trailer. But I think, in the, on the other hand, you want the trailer to be more enticing. And I don't remember any of the little clips that we saw were really that enticing in this last season. But. And then yeah, again, wanted, if, if they were longer, it might have not mattered. <laughs> well, for TV, you kind of want the trailers to be, oh, that's exciting. I want to see that. Yeah. So. Mm. Anyways. Um, this is the 
the, this is the episode that got the least ratings for the season, uh, but it also got the highest appreciation. So really, yeah. Huh. <laughs> um, but look at listen to this. Guess what the ratings were? The Chibnall Doctor Who would kill for these ratings. They would be oh, over. Yeah. yeah, the ratings were six point four four. No way. And what are we on now? Like two or three yeah, or something like it's, that? It's it's lo- it's below four. Yeah, at least. But of course, it was a different. You know, this is ten years ago. Yeah, two thousand ten uh, came out in two thousand ten, wow. June twelfth. Yeah, it's almost a tenth anniversary. Doesn't seem like I mean, that. Boy. I think Chibnall would kill for Capaldi ratings, which were all in the fives, and everybody were like, yeah. "Oh, those two, that those aren't good enough." But yet they've tanked ever since. I don't know. I can't see why. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, this is uh, this is better than I remember it. I I I, I didn't have much memories of this one because I thought it was just kind of, eh, but. It's not. It's a fun episode. It's not spectacular, but it was a, it was a nice little break, and it was enjoyable to watch. Yeah, it's a fun episode. Mm-hmm. You need those types every once in a while, especially if you're doing a story arc. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else about this one? Uh, no. Okay. Thanks for listening.